Jill, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm feeling good because I get to come on and talk about something that's sort of a happier topic when it comes to markets, not a sad one. Sometimes I come on and I tell you bad news. Yeah, all, all good news today. I, I am pretty good. I, we, we like it. I, I am curious about these market indexes that have reached new highs and crossed over some round number milestones. We hear a lot about the Dow Jones Industrial Average, the S&P 500, and the NASDAQ. What's the big difference among all three of these? Well, you know, first of all, the Dow is the oldest. So it tends to have like kind of the cool data. You can go back to, you know, 100 plus years. Now, the Dow began in 1896. I think I remember the opening of the Dow. Yeah, that's me. Um, So 1896, it started. And it started with just tracking 12 companies. And it's a funny thing that these indexes weren't created by the industry, like the traders. It was created by publishers who wanted people to read their newspapers and quickly surmise what was going on with financial markets and maybe even get a little clue about the economy. So the Dow started with 12 companies. Now it's 30 companies. So it's only 30 companies, right? The big problem with the Dow and the reason why people really don't think it's a good reflection of what's going on in the overall marketplace is not just its size, but the way it's calculated. It's calculated based on the price of a stock, meaning that if you've got a big company, if you've got a company like, say, Microsoft, and the stock price is $400 a share, it has a much larger influence on the index than, say, Verizon, which is just trading at $40 a share. But that kind of misses the point, because it doesn't tell you how big a company is, just the price. You have to know how many shares of the stock are outstanding. That's called market capitalization. So when you take the price times the number of shares outstanding, that's how big a company really is. And the index that kind of fixed a couple of these problems is the Standard & Poor's 500 index. It was introduced in the 1950s, and instead of 30 companies, we've got 500 U.S.-based companies. That's about 80% of the overall market, and instead of a price um, weighting, it's a market capitalization weighting. So that means that if you have a big market capitalization, big company like, let's say, Apple, that's going to have the greatest impact on the index. And then there's another index that's called the NASDAQ Composite. A lot of people call that the tech-heavy index because it's a a little more than half of the index is technology companies, and that was launched in the 1970s. All these indexes spawned much uh, more specific indexes, just different ways to carve up the, the whole investing landscape. I guess the most important thing to remember is that milestones are really um, fun, like crossing over a round number and saying it's an all-time high. But it doesn't tell you how you, as an investor, are doing. For that, you've got to look in your own portfolio and see what you own. And be careful not to compare your, your what's going on in your life with the index if it's not similar in terms of the, the scope of the risk you're taking. Visiting with CBS business analyst Joe Schlesinger. So is it fair to say that these averages, the Dow Jones, the S&P, the NASDAQ, do they tell the whole story of the market or no? Well, I mean, I think they can tell a, a story. Okay, so we can say like, hey, wow, the NASDAQ is up a lot this year. It's up uh, over 8% after being up a lot last year. But what's really going on inside the index is that certain companies are dominating it. And so the theme of what's happening right now is that technology is leading stocks higher. And specifically within technology, there are seven companies that have really driven the market's performance over the last year or so. It's called the Magnificent Seven. It's not a movie. It's seven stocks. Apple, Alphabet, the parent of Google, Amazon, Microsoft, Meta, formerly Facebook, Tesla, and a company called NVIDIA, which you may or may not have heard of, 
but this is a company that makes chips, semiconductor chips. Mm. Those are the chips that go into, say, video games. But NVIDIA's chips are also the chips that are used for AI, artificial intelligence, and that's why that company has become so important. These Magnificent Seven have really killed it. Last year, they were up totally, the seven companies, 111%. The S&P 500 was up 24%. So the story of the S&P is the Magnificent Seven. Interesting. Do you expect these highs and raise big round numbers to continue into 2024? Good news for you. I have no idea. Okay, great. Uh, What I can say is that if you're a long-term investor, um, if you just kind of stick with your game plan and you rebalance your portfolio once, twice, maybe four times a year, you don't have to worry about what's happening so much day to day. You'll be in the market as an investor over the long term, and you should do just fine. When people start trying to figure out where the next MAG7 is coming from, that's where they can sometimes run into problems. Jill, what about the people that are seeing these highs and seeing these numbers and they're like, man, I'm going to get into the market now. What's your Mm -hmm. advice to them? Well, I mean, I'd be careful. You know, I think it's great to be an investor for the long term. And so maybe this is a good way, a good way to remember this, which is like, if you've got five, 10, 15, 20 years, you should go ahead and be clear that you can afford to be an investor. But if you think you're just going to take your tax return um, refund, and pop it into whatever becomes the next NVIDIA, and you're going to find that next stock, I think that's really dangerous. So I'm not against trading individual stocks. I'm just telling everyone here very clearly, when you do that, it's like going to the casino. You could have some fun. You take some money. You think you can lose that money. It won't change your life. That's fine. Otherwise, <coughs> take that tax refund, put your money into a Roth IRA, buy yourself an index fund, and, and don't worry about it. In 10 years, I'm sure you'll be better off. Great advice. CBS News business analyst Joe Schlesinger, always appreciate the time, and we'll talk to you next week. Take care.